This episode of the Humans of Agriculture podcast was recorded in Toowoomba on the lands of the Gable and Jarrawa people. We'd like to extend our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. That was kind of my, my childhood was just on the farm, out doing sheep work and mucking around and then probably from about 13, I reckon that was probably when I first started on the headers and doing the contracting side of things and just kind of fell in love with that. Our weekly podcast is proudly sponsored by LAWD, the specialists in agribusiness valuations and transactions. And excitingly, we are just ticking over two years of podcasting this week. And for the past 12 months, LAWD have been here, proudly supporting us and we can't thank them enough. G'day and welcome back to the Humans of Agriculture podcast. I'm your host, Ollie Laleve. But we are a little bit late with getting this week's podcast out, so we Apologise for that if that's your first thing you do on a Wednesday morning, but we've just got back from a few quick days around Toowoomba and the Darling Downs of Queensland, where we spent the time with Morton Co, which is just fascinating, from the head office out to their feedlot out at uh, Grassdale. Our next guest is someone who I would say is definitely a name to have on your radar for an upcoming and future leader of the industry. I think if there's a couple of words that summarise Lily Bingham, it's just back yourself or have a crack. From the age of 12, Lily's dad gave her the reins of some of our biggest machinery, showed her a couple of the buttons and let her go. I think it was this steep learning curve, as you'll hear, that set Lily up for the success she's already seen so quickly in her career. I really enjoyed this chat. I can't wait to bring more of our conversations that we had out at Grassdale and, and with Morton K to you. But if you haven't, you better jump over to our Instagram at humans of agriculture with an underscore and check out a quick highlight reel of the couple of days. Just quickly, I will apologise. There was some fluctuating sound levels in this conversation. We've tried to iron it out as best we can. Well, enjoy the chat. Beautiful, Lil. Well, where do you want to start? Talk about childhood. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to know? Uh, no, firstly, I reckon you're probably the first person who's come on the Humans of Agriculture podcast who is nearly the same vintage as me at Marcus. Really? Yeah. Has everyone been a bit older, have they, or young? Well, it's not really many Marcus people. No. So no. Need to track them down. Yeah, track them all down. How's the move to Toowoomba been? I found it really, really good. I moved in, I moved in, when was it? July last year? Yeah. Kind of moved up and it was kind of as... We're coming out of COVID and I was like, I'll move to Toowoomba and it'll be fine. I'll be able to travel around everywhere. And then everything kind of shut down again. And so then I was kind of, I went, I went three months without seeing anyone that I knew kind of. So that was pretty tough. But then everything opened back up and I kind of met some awesome people and there's a pretty good young crew here at Mort too that, that was really good to kind of get a bit of a, get a bit of a groove in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you know many people before you came up here? No. So I only knew Alice Mort um, and then she lined me up with Ree, um, my housemate. And so she, yeah, and then when I moved up here, I'd never met Ree. I just moved into her house and just rocked up. And, first um, day? First day, yep. And so then, no, I didn't really know anyone up here. I had a couple of friends out west, like around Condamine and then mates down in Moree, but no one actually in Toowoomba. So Is it was it? just kind of a cold turkey move, really. Was it, yeah, uh, straight off the bat, like was it, did you think a whole lot about where you were moving to, relocating work-wise? What was it that led you up here? It was it, like it was just the job and I was 
like there's never going to be another time in my life where there's nothing tying me down. So I was just like this is my one opportunity to move just for a job. And so then, yeah, just came across like I'd heard about Morton Co. while we were at uni and we used it in a couple of like examples and stuff and it just seemed like really awesome business. So then when I got the opportunity I was like, radio, that's my cue to move up to Queensland and just live up there. So I want to... um. Step back a little bit because you grew up in Western Victoria, so it's a slightly different climate. But yeah, it's very different. You um you grew up on a family farm. Yeah, yeah. So grew up on a um, cropping and um, sheep farm, and then yeah, down in Skipton, and it was um yeah that was kind of my my childhood was just on the farm out doing sheep work and mucking around, and then probably from about. Um, 13, I reckon that was probably when I first started on the headers and doing the contracting side of things and just kind of fell in love with that. And, yes, and then from when I was 13 till, till and through uni and through school, um, just did the harvest during summer and mucked around and, yeah. Do you reckon people find it hard to believe that you were in charge of machines? And <laughs> my favourite my favorite is when you rock up to a job and, like, or when you, when you, like, get out of the header and people just kind of look at you like, she big enough to do that? <laughs> yeah, they don't expect a short, short little bond. What was the What was the first kind of moment that you remember that your dad kind of gave you a real shot, and it was like, oh wow, I can, I can do this. Yeah. Um, so dad's method of teaching is just sit someone in a seat and just leave them there, and they'll they'll teach themselves, or they'll or they won't. And so then, um, yeah, I think I was probably maybe twelve, maybe thirteen. He just kind of was like, oh, yeah, this button um, this button goes up, this button goes down. Don't go too fast. If you hear it blocking, stop. Um, anyway, I see you, see you tonight for dinner and just, like, just left. And I was like, oh, this is a bit, a bit red hot. Um, didn't, didn't learn about how to use the auger or anything. That was, um, that was just, just, just learned, <laughs> learned that along the way, out. yeah. And so, yeah, that was kind of the first, like, that was, it was good, though, because if, if I hadn't have been just, probably dumped in it I wouldn't have probably had the confidence to just be like radio I'll do this and then did, yeah so did you want to be on the physical side of ag or did you think yeah like when when did you start to see kind of your eyes open up to the different opportunities yeah so as a kid I probably didn't want to be in ag I don't think like I wanted to be a fashion designer in Paris actually <laughs> I just wanted to yeah then I realised I didn't really have much of a sense of fashion and also <laughs> <laughs> I also just love tractors so then it wasn't really going to work out. So then I reckon yeah, I reckon it was when when I did start driving the header and just doing it that I was like, no, this is actually what I'm really passionate about and what I really love doing. Um, and so then from there on it kind of built into more um, – I like – love the machinery side of things and I think that's probably where my career will lead back to. Um, but I kind of also wanted to learn all about the whole grain industry. I didn't want to just learn one part of it. I wanted to get probably um, yeah, a bit of an idea of everything and then that's kind of where it went to the grain kind of logistics buying kind of side of things was just wanting to, wanting to like I'd grown up from when I was 12 knowing what, like to get it to the truck and then I wanted to know get kind of an idea of what happened when it left the paddock, I guess. And so was it a pretty obvious career path for you once you headed to uni that that was where you were going? Yeah, I'll, I had a vague idea the, the whole time. Like knew, knew it was going to be in the grain industry and um, knew that it was probably, yeah, the end consumer kind of 
side of things. But I don't know. I didn't really have a strict idea. I just thought I'd go to Marcus and see where it, see where it landed me and then, yeah. Uh, and so Marcus Oldham, out of the different unis you could have chosen, what was it that drew you into Marcus Oldham? There was probably a couple of things. The first one was that it was a two-year two course, just yeah. get in and get it done. And then the other thing was probably wasn't ready to move away from home because it was between Armadale and Marcus and I probably just wasn't quite mature enough to actually move away from home. And so going to Marcus, I still went home, played, uh, played netball in um, Skipton and still was able to be part of part of the community in that. So, yeah, it was probably, probably that and also... My older sister went there and she loved it and got a lot out of it and met, met awesome people. So probably just that, yeah, mix of everything really just all came together. Yeah. I do, I do love with Marcus the, the placements um, and that was obviously yeah. one thing which led me down one path. But where did you go for your placement as part of the agribusiness course? Um, so I did, um, yeah, so I did three placements. I did one at um, CHS Broadbent um, and that was, that was a um, really good one, that kind of, reassured me that the grain industry like was exactly where I wanted to be like seeing seeing what people did in that um kind of yeah reassured me that that's what I wanted to be doing and then I also kind of had been looking maybe towards the agri-banking side of things and um so then I went and did a um, bit of placement with Suncorp but I realized I was probably couldn't couldn't sit in the office and do it every day yeah needed a bit of variations then um, and then I did my final placement at, at Reardon's down in Geelong. So, and that was, yeah, that was really good to kind of see how how you can take like a smaller business and to then be at that size and exporting and another another Marcus, Marcus boy. And so, no, it was really good to kind of, they were, it was a perfect mix of businesses to kind of lead me down a path that I knew that I was passionate about rather than going for a career in it. And then realising was... Hi, I'm Pia, horticulture and sugar analyst at Rabobank. And I'm here to share our latest insights on Australia's vegetable market. Did you know in 2023, Australia produced over $5.8 billion worth of vegetables, though only 4.3% of this was exported. Like many other countries, the Australian vegetable industry relies mostly on its domestic market. In fact, only 7% of global vegetables produced are traded between countries. But we are starting to see that trend change. Global trade is growing at a faster rate than production and countries with low cost production are seeing the highest growth rates. You can learn more about trends in the vegetable market on our latest Rabo Research Australia podcast, Mapping World Vegetable Trade, or reach out to me via the Rabobank Australia social media channels to learn more. Not what I wanted to do, I guess. Do you feel pressure in like knowing what it is that you want to do like at quite a young age do you have you put pressure on yourself as part of that like as in to keep stepping in the right direction of where the ultimate goal is not really because I've like I didn't have a really good idea of it but I kind of knew not the vibe but kind of had an idea of kind of what it was and so then as an opportunity to come up I just be like oh yeah that kind of leads that way yeah, that, that'll do. And then, so I've, it's kind of been a pretty, like, open process, I guess. It was never a set, I'm going to be doing this by the time I'm this age. It was just kind of a see where the road takes you. And Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess. No. And, and happy to change because last time we caught up, 
it was at Beef Australia and you were working for, it was a subsidiary of MSM Milling, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I was working I was working at MSM and then, yeah, I was up there um, at Beef Week with their um, stock feed side of things. And so, yeah, that was a that was one of those moments where it's kind of like, oh, it's like just take a chance on it, I guess. And, yeah, so I came out of harvest at the end of uni and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then... Um, yeah, one of the boys posted a thing on Facebook in the old Mark's people thing and I was like, oh, I don't know anything about feed milling but I'll, I'll apply for the job. And so it was, yeah, feed mill manager job and so I just applied for it. I didn't know anything about feed milling, didn't really know, well, didn't know much really. I was just fresh out of uni. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'd driven a header and gone to uni and that was about my experience. So I, I just went for the job and um, they – I didn't get the job but they're like, you seem like you want to have a crack and so they just kind of made a little, I guess, a role for me to kind of come into and it was more like a grad role and just kind of went into it and just kind of spent a bit of time sussing it out and, um, yeah, it was a, it was really good and kind of um, went there grain by um, James, um, yeah, really took me under his wing and kind of taught me all about it and, um, yeah, it was a really good good experience to just kind of just kind of learn I guess yeah what um, I'm interested you mentioned James so what like have you had formal mentors that have been informal mentoring like who who are those people that are help have helped you out yeah so there's probably been well one of the my first proper mentor apart from dad as just a constant I guess but um our farm manager at home he was probably one of the biggest mentors growing up um he was kind of always there teaching us along the way and um, so, yeah, Tim Tim was probably the biggest mentor as a child and then as when I started at MSM, I didn't actually re- directly report to James. I think I just annoyed him so much that <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just always come for a yarn and he just, yeah, it just kind of ended up he was, he was um, yeah, became a really big mentor and, um, yeah, just really took the time to kind of teach me mostly because I was just always asking questions but, yeah, he was, yeah, really good at and then he's also friends with Kieran, who's now my boss here. Um, so they kind of, yeah. They, keep, keep a track on you. Yeah, they, <laughs> get, they get me under control. And so then, yeah, that kind of leads into then Kieran being my, well, now a formal mentor but and also my boss. But, yeah, he's um, very good at, like, looking at things and being, like, maybe potentially go down this path and teaching me, yeah, teaching me how to probably be a bit tougher because sometimes I can be a bit kind of reserved and probably a bit too polite and he's like, no, nah, you need to, yeah, have Stand more confidence. Your ground. Yeah, have a bit more confidence in yourself. So, yeah, he's very good at teaching that side of things, I guess, too, yeah. Is that, is that something which, like, do you feel like you, you hop off a phone call or something now and you're like, wow, uh, yeah. I've got it. <laughs> oh, I was a bit tough in that phone call. Yeah, yeah sometimes so, – because like, when I first started here, um, I hated phone calls and then the first week I was just like – like there was this list of all these people I had to call and it was probably 50 people and I, I um, it was very daunting. And then the first couple of phone calls I was like, actually, no, this is good, just have a yarn. And, and yeah, so now it went from something that was very scary to me to now it's just so much easier just to pick up the phone, have a phone call. Yeah, probably still not very good at like some people – call up and they're probably a bit cranky and I'm still not good at that like I'm still just like oh so, sorry sorry like sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no some of the 
some of the phone calls are I probably need to be a bit tougher in, but yeah. So you've got the different things you you're working on. You overcame that fear of phone calls pretty quickly. Yeah. What What are some of the other things that you uh, I guess you you're working on, or some of the challenges that you find as a yeah in I'll say junior roles, but also mm-hmm. in a quite a big business where you do have a lot of responsibility as well. Yeah, I think the biggest one for me to work on is trusting my gut probably and like there'll be something that I think is right and um, I think is what I should do but then I um, struggle to make the call and say, yep, that's what I'll do. And so Kieran probably gets so sick of me being like, should I I do this? And then he's just like, he's gotten to the point now where he's like, I completely trust your judgement, just do it. And then... I think to myself and I'm like, is he going to respond with that? And if he is, then I just kind of, yeah, make the call and that's probably the biggest thing that I'm working on at the moment is having that trust to kind of press go and know that it's the right thing to do, I guess. I did um, – I was chatting to a bloke a little while ago and he said he reckon – he's got fairly high up in, in ag and he said the only thing he thinks is, is why he's successful is because he was willing to make a decision and he's like, everyone else sits back, isn't it? So yeah. it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. If you yeah. make a call, at least that way you're doing something. Yeah, right. I think I need to chat to him. Yeah. <laughs> I think a... he needs to, I need to get some advice off him because, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the, the least likely to just actually make a call. And so then, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing I need to learn to do is be like him. And Yeah. I think it's a, a work in progress. Yeah. So in terms of Morton Co., how long have you been here and what is your role? Um, so I've been here since last July, um, so probably well, a couple months now. Eight um, months. <laughs> eight months now, <laughs> yeah. Um, so and then my role, all the titles, like um, feed commodity officer, um, but it's kind of just doing all the inbound logistics into um, Grassdale, Pine Grove and then the feed mill down at Gyra. Um, and then I do, do a bit of the buying with Kieran, um, do the buying for Gyra um, and then do a bit of it for Grassdale and Pine Grove and kind of just... Just keeping the feed up to the cows pretty well. That's my job. And so what does like a, a day or a week in your life look like? So Mondays is like where plan, like come in and plan the following weeks and make sure there's enough orders in and just get everything in line. And then all oh, the rest of the week's just kind of de- de- dealing with things as they come along most of the time. Yeah, just, um, yeah, a lot of it's, um, and then there's some extra stuff as well, like we're working on a, on a booking system for Grassdale at the moment because they, um, well, Grassdale and Pine Grove, because there's such a large amount of trucks to come in, and then sometimes they all choose to come in on a certain day, and it just is a massive thing. So then, yeah, we're trying like working on a on a booking system to kind of even that out and make things a bit less stressful. And then I am interested because you've talked about kind of well, you started your career in ag. As a, as a kid but then really kind of got responsibilities at 13. Um, where do you reckon you see your career going? Do you have a, a dream job or an ideal area of the industry that you see opening up? Yeah, so probably I know as a fact that headers are my absolute passion so I will end up back at home yep. at some at some point um, and that's, yeah, something I'm very passionate about and so... I know that eventually I'll end up back there but at the moment like when I left uni and even now I didn't have enough knowledge to actually come back and have anything to add like there's already that knowledge and 
everyone there is already so experienced at it that I had to kind of wanted to go away and get a completely different perspective <laughs> on things um, and get a bit of an idea on it and then go back when I was ready to have that responsibility, I guess, yeah. It's a mature way of looking at it because I reckon there's so many people that go through university or go through school and it's like they just want to get back to the farm or back into the family business. Yeah. But that, yeah, what is it about the time away like that you think gives you working in other people's businesses? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. It would probably, because I guess you can go two ways, like my older sister Soph and also my younger sister Ruby, they've both gone um, straight back. And uh, they're, so they're learning within the business, which is an awesome way of doing it. And then I was, I don't know, I just probably wasn't ready to, probably came back to wasn't ready to live in one spot for the rest of my life as well. And then also, yeah, just wanted to kind of see how other businesses worked. And um, also like with MSM and also Morton Co, they've been started by family, just a couple of people, and then kind of grown to be, a big agribusiness and I kind of wanted to to learn that and kind of see how we could take home, like do that with home as well and kind of run it as a successful agribusiness as well in kind of the more corporate world, I guess. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I do have a question and I ask everyone. Um, if you got the chance to go back and talk to some year 10 students uh, at high school about careers in agriculture and why people should look at it, yeah, what would you say to them? I reckon I'd just say have a crack and even if you're, even if you're really under, like underqualified for it, if it's just, just, just have a crack. Like with, like with MSM, I didn't know anything about feed milling but um, they saw that I was willing to just, I don't know, learn and so they, they gave me a chance and then coming here, um, like Kieran, I, I didn't know anything about cows. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up on a cropping farm. I didn't know anything about cows, but Kieran saw saw that. But like I was willing to learn, and so he gave me the opportunity. So I think as long as you come across and just have a have a go, yeah, that that'll that'll work out in the end, I guess. And then also, I don't know. I I don't know whether it was just my like our age group, and it's probably not as prominent anymore. But I was kind of at school. They tried to kind of way me away from ag a bit and they were probably like oh no like maybe go down this path or this path and I think so if you like if you're passionate about it don't let other people kind of be like oh no maybe farming's not for you or whatever just yeah I reckon go with your gut and yeah I like that I did write yeah. earlier on as you were talking have a crack have I was crack. like it's a very good philosophy and it's yeah. playing off for you yeah it's yeah it's my probably my my biggest thing is just have have a go, and half the time you don't know what you're doing, but you just come make it <laughs> as you go. <laughs> and if you, if you mark it up, well, 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 it'll be right. I reckon there'll be plenty of people in uh, in seats that far higher as well in industry that say they don't don't know what they're doing and they're yeah. just winging it day in day out. So. Yeah, <laughs> usually it ends up all right in the end. So yeah, awesome. Well, Lil, thanks for coming on and having a chat. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for having. Well, that's it from us for another week. As we said at the beginning. That concludes two years now of releasing nearly a weekly podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed our chat with Lily. As we said at the beginning, if you haven't checked out the behind the scenes reel, head over to our Instagram at humans of agriculture with an underscore and you can see a little bit of what we're up to. There's a whole lot more to share on this one. We can't wait to have that with you. 
Look after yourselves. Stay safe. Stay sane. And we'll join you again next Wednesday.